I really don't understand, Julie said. I just don't. Her husband frowned and screwed up his eyes as though searching his mind for another. No more unkindly way to explain something that ought to have been accepted without explanation. Explanations were not going to help. If only she could do that, Julie thought. If only she could say, okay, and get up and walk out of the room. What she said was, why don't you start from the beginning? I want to be sure I heard what I think I heard. You heard what you heard, Jeff said. A gentle voice, a message of stone. When Julie shivered in spite of herself, he put out his hand to her. She pulled away, and he turned the gesture into one of flicking dust from the arm of the chair. Despite all her house cleaning, a tiny cloud of dust rose and shimmered in the beam of early summer sunlight that angled across the living room. I'll bet there's no dust in her house, Julie said. Or is she a slob? Am I too fastidious? Too much like you? She didn't want to say the things she was saying. They simply spurred it out. To forestall any more of them, she pressed her knuckles against her mouth. You must have known, Jeff said, his sad eyes coaxing her to agree with him. How? Tell me how I was to know. Something. You must have known something. Is it my fault that I didn't? No, it's not your fault. We don't communicate very well. We don't pick up on one another. You want me to explain, but how can I explain the inexplicable? I've fallen in love. I didn't plan to, but it happened. And what am I to do? More words to regret. And underneath the pain and panic was the feeling that she had never been in love with him. Lacking in variety of experience she might be, but she knew there was more to loving than occurred between them. And yet, there had been love. I don't intend to leave you destitute. I'm not talking about money, she screamed. And then, in self-disgust, why can't I shut up? Christ, words don't mean anything. Not to a child, and that's what's wrong with me. I'm retarded. I refuse to grow after hitting twelve. She got to her feet and stretched until her bones crackled, trying to break the tension. Maybe we're on to a cure now, how about that? She moved from place to place in this sacred room of his, this so-called living room in which she had not been able to live in all the nine years of their marriage. She was looking for a single object she had added to his exquisite collection of Victoriana, a china giraffe. I consider myself at fault there, he said, I liked you that way. Would it have choked him to say that he had loved her that way? Having found the ornament and taken it in hand, she forgot her purpose, if any, in looking for it, and put it back on the shelf. You're not at fault. I'm not at fault. My mother wasn't at fault. Your mother? Phyllis wasn't at fault either, was she? Julie ranted on with a pointless mention of Jeff's first wife. What you want is a no-fault divorce, right? Since you put it that way, yes. I suppose that is what I want. I want to be fair to you, certainly. Yeah. I mean by that that I shall always provide for and take care of you. Always?
Julie whirled around on him. I can't believe what I'm hearing, what we're saying to one another. I know, he said soothingly. Let me say something to you, chum, before I let you take care of me. I'll find a jumping off place and celebrate my independence. If that's to be construed as a suicide threat, it's not allowed. It's not a suicide threat, it's a survival plan.